Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best panels, seminars, and other discussions concerning game design and publishing. This has been made possible by Double Exposure and their leading game design convention, Metatopia. Now to the show. Episode 56, What Can an Editor Do For You? Recorded at Metatopia 2014. Presented by John Adamus, Jeremy Morgan, and Amanda Valentine. Um, this is, uh, so what can an editor do for you, slash, what does an editor do? But they truncated it, because I get wordy, she can tell you that. That's true. Thank you, Amanda. Um, so, uh, here's who we are. Is there anybody who doesn't know us? Should I just assume everybody knows? Okay, you, uh, we'll pretend you don't know us, and no one knows Jeremy. Uh, and no one knows me, yes, I was yeah. going to say. And, and the microphone. And, and we're recording. All right, we're recording. Uh, so, I'm John Adamus, I edit things. I'm Amanda Valentine, and I edit things, too. Um, I edit fiction for Jocelyn, and I do a lot of RPG editing. Stuff. Stuff. And people, yes. I'm, I'm Jeremy Morgan, and I edit things. Mainly role-playing games, but also a little bit of fiction work. This is Jeremy's first panel. Please give him all the shit you want. <laughs> thank you, John. You're welcome, Jeremy. Thank, thank you. Of course, it's all going to come from over here. Yes, yes I know. Oh, I'm yeah, aware. That's the real reason she's out the Yeah, I know. Yes. That's fine. Boys. <clears throat> Thanks, Mom. So, um, I guess we should probably start with what an editor does, and then kind of go from there. So, if you had to define what an editor does, an editor at its core edits, which is really big. So, it's an easier way of saying... Um, an editor takes what's on the page and helps it get better. I think that's probably the fairest way to express it without sounding like we're doing more work than we are. Because the stuff that's on the page is sometimes good and sometimes not, but it has a purpose. It's there to turn into a story. It's there to turn into a chapter. It's there to turn into rules or whatever. And uh, sometimes it isn't as clear as you think it is because there are lots of reasons people... Overpunctuate, underpunctuate, pick the wrong word, aren't clear in their description, use a lot of pronouns, that kind of stuff. So an editor's job is to sit there and go, well, if I were the person reading this, I wouldn't get it. So let's try rewording it a different way. That, in, at least for me, that in a nutshell is what an editor does. If you want to get really artsy about it, uh, I amplify the broadcast on high-quality things and make them shiny. <laughs> That's all sales pitchy. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's enough buzzwords in there, John. I'm working on it. I'm okay. going to try to get right. synergy in there next time. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite way of defining an editor is that's the person who stands in for your reader. And that could mean all kinds of things. It can be very surface punctuation, but it can also be like, uh, you had this happen over here, and that contradicts what's happening over here. It can be, you know what, this story has a plot hole so big that I don't even know what to do with it. Or I can't understand these rules. Maybe you need an example. Like it can cover all kinds of stuff. But your editor is your surrogate reader because you're going to bring all kinds of assumptions to it. Things are going to get filled in in your head and be like, "No, it makes perfect sense to me because you have this whole story, or you know, this whole game, or whatever in the back of your head." And you bring all that baggage to it. Good baggage in this case. But if you don't get enough of that out, or in some cases, if you get too much of it out and it's mired the story. 
I keep saying story. This is true in RPGs as well. Um, manuscript. Yes, manuscript. Bingo, that manuscript. works. Um, so the the editor steps in as your reader and tries to see what you need needs to happen to make that clearer. And that, like I said, like mean lots and lots of things. Jeremy. Oh, so I have to speak now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> at at the at the core, it's. Um, Polishing the author's words until they're the best they can be. I mean, that's that can be anything from flow of information to the structure of it to um, this thing that you think that you said you didn't actually say, um, or did you really mean to say X when you meant Y because you said X. That that's it in a nutshell. The, the two things I think an editor really faces all the time that sort of go back and forth are assumption and expectation. Uh, the author, whatever they're making, doesn't matter what we're talking about, the author has this assumption that they're being their clearest, best, like this scene is great, or this chapter totally makes sense, or everybody totally gets this example. Um, you get it because you're writing it, and the whole, as Amanda said, the whole thing exists in your head. So you're assuming that everyone else gets in your head space too? Like, oh, totally. I completely... He, he says six words. He means 20. I totally get it. Completely makes absolute sense. So you, you fight against explaining the assumptions and disproving them. Because if you're assuming that we all understand what this term means, but you never get around to defining the term, there's not enough context clues to sit there and go, oh, blah, 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 acronym must mean whatever. And you could be totally wrong. And then you take that information forward... And you try to play this, but you don't. You're not doing it correctly because the the assumption has been made that you know what you're doing. So there's assumption. There's also expectation, which is sort of the the weird, creepy girlfriend of assumption, because you are uh, expecting <coughs> the clingy one from college. The the uh, the expectation is that something is going to be said or done, and it it will work, or it totally makes sense for the character to have this motivation and say this thing. Or yeah, we're gonna put the we're gonna put the combat chapter second in the book, right after world building. We're just gonna write the combat for the character building, and it um, the expectation is that it makes sense to you because in your head, when you picture your manuscript, whatever it is, you picture it in a certain order. If it's a, if it's fiction, you're gonna picture probably plot linearly. Oh well, they get in the car, they drive the car, they get to the destination, things blow up. The uh, if you don't actually write that out. We are not the reader and, and the editor. We're not going to be able to fill in the gap because we, we our expectation is that you're going to give us all the detail and then we have to prune or trim or reorganize. Um, so parsing those two things and understanding that one immediately yields the other. You have an expectation. You're going to make an assumption because you're either going to overdo it, you're going to assume we're stupid, or you're going to underdo it and assume we get it, which leads to another expectation of, I'm going to say too much or too little, or I don't know how to do this thing, so I'm going to kind of tap dance around it for a while, and then I'll get around to saying. So assumption and expectation are the two, at least for me, the two things I um, hit with sharp sticks. <clears throat> I think the thing that I end up having to, to hit with a sharp stick, to use your analogy, sure. although I would poke with a sharp stick. Well, um, I Yeah, fair enough, uh, is, is the uh, flow of information. So I, I see it more with RPGs, but this happens with fiction too. Um, are, are you giving me information in a rational manner where things are building off of each other, and by the time you get to what you're really trying to say, I know how you've gotten there. Um, there I think there's an, a, 
an assumption, yes. uh, at least in RPG land, where I'm not sure how this has got to be structured, but it has to be structured some way, so I'm just going to pick it and we'll just have to deal with it. Like, no, there, there is a logical way to do this. That is part of what an editor brings. There's a logical way to say everything that you need to say, and we just have to find it. Sometimes it's really hard to find it, but there is a way. Uh, and sometimes that involves an opportunity cost of we, we're going to do it this way. That means we're going to have a little bit of this trouble because of it. Right. And, and like I said, the understanding in for the reader can't stand for every reader. And I find this to be so much more true in RPGs than anything else. Yes. We're like, well, it makes sense to me to organize it this way because of X, Y, and Z reasons. And somebody else would say, I'm like, well, that's stupid. I'm like, well, I can't accommodate everybody. These pages have to come in order until we have the interactive PDFs, and we don't have that yet, so, you know, you've got this. That's what we have, and a decision has to be made, and then you have to just go with it, and the, the editor hopefully can help you figure out the best way to do that, but it's certainly not going to be the only way, and it's not going to not tick somebody off. It's going to totally tick somebody off. Clark has a comment so or question. Is when um, the editor makes a strong suggestion, for instance, in organization of the text, that the writer vehemently disagrees with. Do they disagree with it for um, sensitive reasons, or are they disagreeing based on something like I need I need I need the mercantile chapter to come after the chapter of economies? Let's say that they're not taking the, the suggestion as a personal attack. They are okay. They, they are genuinely no. I I see what you're saying, but I completely disagree with it. Um, is is that well? How, how do you how do I do that? Yeah, um, how do you handle that? Uh, well, I've go ahead because I got to think about it. Okay. One thing is it depends on the role that your editor is playing. For instance, when I edit, okay, it's not an RPG, but when I edit Jocelyn's novels, she has hired me to edit her work. She is essentially my boss. She gets to make the final call on stuff. I can give her my best decisions, but she gets to make the final decision on it because it's her work. When I'm working with a freelancer, you know, when I've been hired by a project manager to be the editor for these, you know, writers, Basically, I'm working with the project manager, and yes, I'm more than happy to work with the writer and to hear the feedback and all of that, but in the end, if you're a freelance writer on a project, it's not your call. And somebody else is making that decision, and that is how it goes when you are a freelance writer. That, and, and that's that's true, fiction or RPG. Yeah. Right, right. If you're, work for hire. Type yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. If you are work for hire, then... Yeah, the editor and whoever that editor is answering to, they do get the last call on that, and that's just the way it goes. That said, as an editor, I would totally want to hear your reasoning for why mm -hmm. you have this, because it's possible that we didn't think something through, and because you are more intimately connected to the words at that point, you're really seeing something that we missed. Um, but it needs to be done in very much a cooperative way, because it's not your say in the end. It just isn't. That's the nature of work for hire. I would um, I thought of my thing. It's it's more. I, I agree entirely. It is it is um, how I would. What I used to do is I would bully the writer, and I will flat out admit I would bully the writer into going. I don't care what you're doing. This is what we have to do. This is how it's going to be. Deal. Uh, that didn't work after a while. It's also really tiring. So I, I've moved now into the idea of, okay, we're going to do it your way. I'm going to tell you over here in the sidebar why I thought we could do it this way. Here's my, here's my reasoning. If my reasoning makes sense to you,
cool. We can compromise, maybe. If you're still like, no, I get your reason. That's fine, but I'm doing my own thing. I, if I don't have a superior, if I don't have a project manager, if somebody hires me for a novel, I'm going to defer to them because they're paying me. But if it's, you know, well, you're writing this chapter on explosives, um, then yeah, you're just doing the job. And if I have to chop chapter six and turn it into chapter seven, uh, I'll tell you I have to do it. But I don't need you to say, yes, it's okay that you do that because that's not your call to make. So I've moved more to compromise and it's a lot less stressful for me. Fewer people yell. That's kind of what I want. So actually, editing can cover so very, very many different things. So what do people want to hear about? Well, I'm just curious about that sort of balance between like sort of rewriting Mm -hmm. sections and making suggestions. Like how much does it again... Oh, I have thoughts on this. Yes, I know you have Um, thoughts on this. For me, at least so far, it's kind of boiled down to the working relationship I've got with the person. Um, if If it's somebody that I've worked with before... Um, I'm, I might rewrite it um, if it's somebody I haven't worked with before or it's a really extensive rewrite like you know a thousand words or something then I'm going to be much more likely to say okay here's why what you've said doesn't work you've just got to rewrite you know these three paragraphs you're, you're just going to have to because I'm not going to do that um, so for me so far it's been a judgment call um, some of it's the nature of the project and how, how big the word count is so if it's a really large word count and it's a couple of paragraphs, yeah, okay, I will I will rewrite that. That's I just consider that you know part of it. Um, but if it's you know usually based on major structural problems, that's something I you know okay we've got a full stop. Let's have a conversation. Let me tell you what's going on, why there's a problem here. Let's work together to try and find some solution here. Well, generally I try not to do any rewriting uh, aside from. Well, here's where we get into definitional issues. Copy editing can mean re- completely restructuring a sentence. It might mean that in the end, you know, looking at track changes, it looks like I rewrote that sentence, but I didn't. I took what was there, I moved it around, I well, reworded it. That's sort of what I was thinking about, yeah. rewriting, mm-hmm. like okay. changing the even structures of sentences. Because and... sometimes on a project, when you're down to deadline and I don't have time to go back to the writer, yeah. I'm going to be like, you know what? This paragraph isn't working. I'm going to rewrite it. And it's now my actual words. Yeah. (laughs) But I try really, really hard to avoid that. Um, But strong copy editing in the end, I mean, I kind of hate when track changes decides it's going to be read because I'll look over a document and it looks like blood spatter all over the computer screen. (laughs) And that's just the nature of the beast. That's what it looks like when somebody's changed, you know, your tenses and, and move punctuation and it's all minor stuff it's all still totally your words I've cut out some of the extraneous ones but all the meaning is there the phrases are yours it looks like a lot I, when you see track changes I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that I just had a client where I it had it was that kind of situation where it looked like I had I had just bled all over his stuff and so I sent it back to him and I, I knew this was going to happen so I said okay here's what I need you to do okay turn track changes off read the final manuscript, then go back and look at my comments. Okay? And and he did that, and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm good. And and we moved on. Oh, my clients understand. Oh. <laughs> uh, I will now play bad cop. Uh, you are getting rewritten. You are getting rewritten. Because to me, I will define rewriting as 
you need to use a semicolon here. You didn't put one in. I'm putting one in. I have rewritten your sentence. Or you've changed tenses. You didn't mean to, given the rest of the, you know, like, you've got second sentence in your paragraph, all of a sudden jumps tense, and then you go back to the original tense. I'm going to rewrite that. And even if I change the word, even if I go from have to had, right, in just my example, you're getting rewritten. I don't care if I have to rewrite you because we are all my I will come at this and go you are you writer and I editor we're in this together and we're going to make this thing work and we both know that at some point one of us is going to say something and go oh I have to change I have to change chapter 11 because the dialogue is confusing and unclear that's Chris he, I had to change his chapter 11 <laughs> <laughs> and it was just more like one sentence or two but I'm like no these got to go in a different order because this person starts the conversation and I changed it I just copied and pasted and it looked like hell on track changes because track changes is the tool of the devil. And then, but it's the only tool we have, John. It is the only tool we have. And then all of a sudden he reads it and he's like, oh, all right, I don't get it. And then I explain it. And he explains it. And we figured it out. And we, he wrote, we wrote a whole different thing anyway. But you're going to get rewritten. There's going to be a rewrite happening. There is a difference, though, between rewriting the little pieces like, you need a semicolon here. These are two whole thoughts. Yeah. Versus... I don't like your paragraph. I'm going to give you what I like. I used when I first started. I used to do that because when I when I was in fiction publishing, that's what you had to do when you had a deadline. Oh my God! I need to get thirty five thousand words done before four o'clock. It is two o'clock when they hand this to me. Go. If you write a crappy paragraph, I'm going to speed through and rewrite it, and that creates this this great air quotes antagonistic relationship. Because all of a sudden now we are competing over whose idea it is. It is your idea, writer. Uh, my job is to make sure that the presentation you're giving for whatever you want to do, whether you want to publish it or kickstart it or tack it on the wall or whatever, is the best it can be. So if I have to get in there and go, stop using – that word does not like thus. Stop using thus. You don't need that many thuses. Um, so you take them out. And that counts as a rewrite because it changes the whole flow of your text. If you're not okay with that sort of thing happening, don't hire an editor. Don't hire, <laughs> don't, don't hire an editor. Don't hire the editor, and then suffer the consequences of having an yeah. unedited thing bloating up on you know Amazon. Yeah, I'm not saying that happens, but that happens. <laughs> um, that's different though than a wholesale rewrite where I read your chapter and I'm like, no, this is not at all what I want to have happen. It's not about what I want; it's about what you have. Yeah, and getting your stuff out. That said, there are times when I read a thing and I just go, you don't need any of this. It's extraneous. Delete it. Hmm. And then I will highlight the whole thing and delete it and track changes and it's just red smears everywhere. And I look at it and I'm like, wow, that's not going to go over well. And I know it's not going to go over well. It never goes over well because it's something somebody wrote and they, they might have spent, you know, I deleted it in 30 seconds. They might have spent three days writing it. But if they don't need it and the goal is to ultimately serve the story rather than feed the writer ego, it can go. Now again, if you're work for hire, yeah, sometimes you hand something in. It's not what we needed. It's not what we asked for. And I hire somebody else to rewrite it. And it's, I mean, true rewrite. Like, yeah. Whole rewrite from the start. Yep. Yeah, yeah, completely. Line page. I've done right. that. And if you happen to be a writer married to an editor. Oh, yeah, you get to do a lot like of rewriting. Work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when I have a writer in my house, I'm like, please redo this. <laughs> yes, Chris. You guys are done with your yeah. point. Yeah. So, I used back the example you used yep, the yep, example yep. before, but 
You had actually sent back a couple chapters you edited for me without track changes. Probably the best thing you could have possibly have done for me. Yeah. Because I just, I just read it like, oh, now I understand what you were meaning with all these points I've been talking about. Yes. So what point in dealing with a, maybe a new client do okay. you go from realizing that I'm just doing a copy edit because this person really knows what they're doing or I'm going to be more of a coach? Okay, so... To a of the question. No, it's no. a great question. I just have to think about it. So it depends on... All right, so if they're new... Uh, we will make a distinction between are they new to me or are they new total if they're new to me and they've got a backlog of like oh I've been writing for blah 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 years like I'm author so and so then I I can trust them that okay they kind of know how to put the words together I don't have to coach so much and do a lot of that hand holding explaining stuff I don't mind doing it I delight in doing it it makes me feel intelligent and I feel good about myself so I'm happy to do that because I'm vain um, but that's different than if I catch them making the same mistake over and over. Like, they're just not getting, like, that's a clause, not a sentence. Put a comma near it and then move forward. If they're just making the same thing over and over, then I'll step in and finally go, hey. In, and usually what I do in an email is when I edit a thing, I write, here are the big things you have to pay attention to before you read my attachment. Here are the, here are the four major – I call them red flags because they are. Like, here are the big things you should look at before we get deeper into this. And then, I, then usually my fifth point is there's some small stuff too. Like you, I keep changing have to had or I made a couple commas and it goes on from there. Where that balance shifts is when you read a section where, oh, this doesn't need as much work as the previous section. Oh, maybe, hopefully, they're getting it. I don't mean to talk about you. I'm not talking about no, you, no, but no. in general. It's like, oh, I've worked with them for 11 chapters. This is chapter 12. They're getting it. I can stop saying, no, you need a comma. Because they'll get it. It's been 11 chapters. If they haven't gotten it by now, there's no hope. And I can move on. But it's about sort of understanding whether or not, when they grasp it. When they get the idea. Because the first couple chapters, there's going to be things. Because we're going to try to figure each other out. I'm going to figure out how they put language together. They're going to figure out how critical I'm going to be and whether or not I'm going to snark at them in comments. Versus whether I'm working on it. I'm getting better. I really am. I swear. You can ask Amanda. I'm getting better at it. Mostly. But the, the, um, it's about figuring out that relationship first. So the first couple chapters are as much about figuring the writer and editor out as they are like, okay, this is how you're applying the English language to this idea. Uh, sometimes it switches back and forth. Sometimes it is only just one or the other. There are people I work with who I just have to kind of coach and go, yeah, you're fine. Just keep doing more of this. And eventually with most people I work with, it turns into – you're okay, just keep writing the book or just keep making more chapters or keep putting more words on paper. And that's all it then, and then, because you've got a backlog of lessons, you, you've learned things, hopefully. So I don't need to keep like beating, and you don't want to hear me beat the drum and beat the drum and beat the drum because that'll frustrate you. It'll bore me. So that line comes in terms of when, you ca- when the, the writer in question gets it. And I have to, I can stop going, it's the same six damn things again. Oh, Jesus. All right. You have a cup of tea, and then we'll try this again. So it's about getting it. And it makes it makes the rewrite easier because the more you get and the sooner you, you kind of sink into the – and you stop – you catch your own mistakes. I don't have to. Then we can go for longer stretches without me marking up the page. And then you read it and go, oh, I'm making less mistakes. I'm doing better. And then we all benefit because then we finish and we go forward. So that's how that works, at least for me. I tend to not get into teacher mode. I've done that for years, and that's not really how I approach editing. Um, 
Quintessence with Jocelyn, I feel very much like we're a team. You know, she's the writer, and I'm. Uh, I, get, I think a lot of the feedback I give you tends to be story oriented. Yeah, definitely. And also, I self edit the shit out of my stuff yes. before I send it to you because yes. I know that by the time I send it to you or any other editor, I want it to be stuff I can't solve on my own. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. hope, you know, I, I mm-hmm. read it through and I make sure that I am to the point where I need somebody else's eyes. And those are the types of things you tell me. Like, oh, did you mean this character to be this way when they were like another way in you know, chapter three? I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> And you absolutely should do that because it's really stupid to pay somebody to do stuff you can solve yourself. Press F7. It's not hard. It's on your keyboard too. Just press that button. Please save me the three minutes. And, you know, turn the grammar check on. Ignore half of it, of course, because it can't handle complicated sentence structure. But at least look briefly at the things that underlines in green. There are lots of resources out there before you start paying somebody. And we do like to get paid, though, so it's not like we don't pay us. But please, we don't have to cover, like, we, we can all press spell check. You don't need it. You, please don't hire me for spell check. That's insulting to me and really insulting to you if you can't bother to spell the stuff you want to send out. Past that, I'm more than happy to talk about plot and character and blah, blah, blah. But could we all please spell, like, yourself right? Spell your own name right. Spell my name right. Oh, one thing on this before we move on. Um, a style... It, style guide's not quite the word I want, but a key to whatever it is that you're doing. Here are the style names sheet. of the... Pa- it's, it's a style sheet. sheet. It's a style sheet, um, yeah. Here's how we spell the characters' names. There's a whole panel because, about that soon. You and I are on it. But that's different, I think, than it a style be. guide. It, anyway, it, can, it can include but, it, but... Yes. Yeah. But, like, it's not up to me to decide how you can spell your character's name. And if you spelled it three different ways, I have no idea which one is right. Oh, which, uh... And my, <laughs> and my spell check is never going to catch that? No. No. And no. Especially if you use apostrophes. You you will get a snarky comment from me on that one. It's like, okay, you've spelled... This is now the third different way I've seen this spelled. Which is it? Please tell me. And that's, that's your decision. Because as the author, that is totally 100% on you. And if you can write that stuff up, both for yourself as you're going through, so that you can be consistent... And for your editor, so that they can catch the things that might have gotten changed in rewrites. And Justin will often tell me, like, oh, I changed this character's name. Can you just make sure I didn't slide any in there accidentally? Fantastic. I'm more than happy to do that. Because I know that's one of the things that I'm looking for at that point. Um, But, yeah, you you definitely want to make sure. Like, no, I'm not going to look up every fact that you put in there. That's your job. Mm -hmm. Unless you hire me to do that. You can hire somebody to fact check. That's a lot of money, though. That's a lot of my time. Yeah. And if you can do that yourself, then do it yourself. Um, because unless something really red flags for me, I'm not Googling every single thing you included in there. I'm just not. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot that you can do on your own before you even bring in an editor. So, so dovetailing nicely into that. Um. Every grammar thing that I have, like minor grammar thing that I have to fix, every spelling thing that I have to fix is taking my attention away from what I'm supposed to be doing, which is making those words the best they yep. can. Um, fixing, you know, glaring plot holes, you know, mischaracterization, character motivation, you know, theme, motif, all of those things that we should be helping you with, we're burning time on these other things. Yep. And I don't mind burning time because you're paying. Right, but... but... at the same time, like, if you call me for a status update and I'm like, well, today I fixed your spelling, 
That that is. I'm going to say it, and I've said this to people. I say it just like that, and because I, I want you to know that this is how I spent your money. And you know what? You're not going to make enough money on any of these things to warrant paying your editor to go through your manuscript 15 times because it's not until they've gone through that many times that it's clean enough to really do the edit that you hired them to do in the first place. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't had to have this conversation yet, but... You will. I I know. I know I will. Um, As part of editing, it's like, okay, when you send it to me, I'm expecting one pass, maybe two passes three on the very high end. Oh. If you don't think that we can get through it in three passes, you shouldn't be sending it to me. We can we can talk about me helping you do some things, um, but we're in a different place there. Then I'm not really editing. I'm helping coaching. you brainstorm. I'm coaching. Yep. I'm, but And that's a totally different thing, which we can do, but is not editing. So if, you know, if you're the type of person who feels like it, it and here's the red flag when you're I think it needs a lot of work. No, no. If you tell if you tell me it needs a lot of work, then we're not ready yet. Let's cook it a little bit more. Did you have a question? Um yeah, I think we're headed toward there anyway, but how do you know when it's time to fire a client? How do you know and I'm not talking about like lack of payment or anything. Okay, right, right, that's right. fine. How do you know when you're just not compatible? And how should a writer know that they've okay? I, I'm not saying you're not a good editor. I'm saying you're not the writer. It's just not working out. Mm. Um, how it's clean an answer do you want? <laughs> um, if you need to, swear. not so much the swear, <laughs> so much. The, no, no, I don't mean to be. It's almost like he knows you. It's going to have profanity in it because it's me. the The issue is more a matter of how how blunt do you want an answer. We, we all signed, you know, the... Fine. Blunt. Uh, blunt, John. If, if Be writer John. X is just being stupid, I'm going to walk. And by stupid, I mean I am giving them my best work. Whatever, even, even if it's, John, i got to write sales copy for my book. Okay. If I do that, and it's that's not inconsiderable. That's like, you know, that's time because I have to, like, sit there. And you've done nothing. You're just saying, I write, write me sales copy. I'll pay uh-huh. So, all right, so I sit there and I, I knock this thing out, and it's okay. It's not great because it's not my strongest skill. I can do it, but it's not my thing. Um, if I write that and you read it and you're like, "No, it's not what I want," um, you do that to me twice, I'm gone. Uh, uh, now, if we move that to editing, if I, even if even if your even if your your manuscript does not need a lot of constructive work, even if it's just spelling. Or grammar, or hey, you've got to have you know plot hole, major plot hole that somebody's going to look at. This has to happen before this because how did we get here? Big stuff I flag. Not even like here's how to fix it. Just pay attention to this, and you don't do it. And when like you just don't make the changes, and I read it again, and I'm like, did you? Send, I will always ask, hey, did you send me the right draft? Because maybe I'm looking at something older. Maybe like I have this. I, I've done it a couple times. I have I have two different drafts, and they're separate, they're changed by one number. And the whole file label doesn't fit in the word open dialog box. And I, I, I just hasn't occurred to me to slide the thing along and look if it's two or three. And I sent you two twice. And I've done it to you. And you go, did you send me the right one? And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. Hang on. And then I send the right one. It takes two seconds to fix, but it's, it's a matter of that. And it's easy to fix. 
But if I do all this work and it takes time, like we're not talking like, oh, just do this paragraph or whatever, John. But if I do all this and I read it on the second pass, because I do two passes, and nothing, like, I know we took this section out. I know we talked about it not working. And when I ask you and you're like, I, I, I just want to leave it in, it was fine. If, if, if the answer I get does not, to my satisfaction, answer like, here's, why, here's my reason. Here's why I thought about it and I disagreed. Because you can disagree. I don't care. But if you're just like, I just did it anyway. It didn't matter. If I feel like I don't, my work does not matter to you, then I'm walking. Because I can go find someone else who will both benefit and be appreciative. Because, yeah, I could just collect a paycheck and not care. That's never going to be me. I am always going to give a shit. I'm always going to care about who I'm working for. Because they should give a shit about who they're hiring. And they should give a shit about what they're trying to do. So I know to walk away when I, it feels like I'm talking to a brick wall. Or my dad, which is roughly the same feeling. So whenever it's, it's sort of combative and adversarial and dense... And I'm getting nowhere, and I'm like, why am I wasting... If, if I have to go, why am I wasting my time? I'm out. I'm out like a light. And as the writer, how you, you turn around and address that, if the other, if either party feels like that, and I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like, this is just... It is taxing and not fun to do this thing that I know I love. I love to write. All of a sudden, talking to this guy, I don't want to write so much anymore. Well... First of all, question whether or not it's okay to write with other people. Like, when I don't talk to John, it's still fun. Maybe John's not the guy to talk to. And that's totally fine, but you still have to have that conversation. But it's about sort of measuring your own barometer and then measuring your difficulty level to that barometer and then going, this isn't working, I'm out. And then having an exit strategy in mind by a contract, usually. And then going and not burning the bridge on your way out the door. Sort of. So yes, that's how I would do it. I just ramble. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, John. Thank you. Um, I actually haven't had to let a client go, so I'm not entirely sure how I would. How would you this. like to do it? Hypothetically. Hypothetically? Yeah. I, I would like to not take on a client I have to let go. That's fair. Okay. So now, to be fair, so for me, there is an initial thing. Um, if it's somebody that I don't know, if it's a blind recommendation, they send me an email and I've never heard of them before and I go looking for them and I can't find anything about them, um, then I'm going to probably ask to see the manuscript first. Um, whether you will let me see the manuscript before we go under contract tells me, one, a lot about you. Um, you know, Two, whether I want to work with you. Um, but I've had that happen where if somebody has sent me a, a manuscript and I've just decided, based on the level that I see in this manuscript, it's, go it's not going to be worth my time. Not that another editor might look at it and go, this is the greatest thing ever. I can totally fix all of this. It's great. Um, that's usually the point. So I try and catch as much of it as I can on the front end before I even get into that situation. Um, and so, so far, thankfully, I haven't, I haven't run into it. Yeah, for me, mostly it's preemptive as much as humanly possible. Um, I don't hesitate to say no if I feel like this is a Thing that isn't uh, often is a manuscript that isn't ready for me because I'm not a writing coach um, and I'm not sure that that's where you want me to be you know you should probably find somebody else if that's where you are right now I'm not a game designer and you know I don't really want to help you design your game I want to be an editor that's what I do and so if it feels like that's not the level where you are yet then I'm, I'm going to say no before it even gets started. And for the most part, I've done all right with that. 
Yes. Hi. Have any of you uh, done editing for rules books for border parties? Yes. So what's the, is there a difference in that? So yes. I, I look at like for a fictional work or an RPG. To me, that seems like it's it's cohesive. It's all there. Whereas with a, a board or card game, you've got the stuff that's written, but you've also got the, the physical artifacts that are separate from that. Do you have to play through the game yourself to understand whether the logic of the rules work, or, or how do you work with that? An experienced game editor and an RPG editor tends to... I mean, I, I certainly have never played many of the RPGs that oh, I've yeah. edited. Um and I've well, I've done pin and pin in that I've got I've got a mini rant okay. about this. Okay, awesome. Yes. Um, I just recently did card instructions, and I saw all the cards, so I could see how everything fit together. Um, but no, I didn't actually run through it. It didn't exist in a format for me to actually run through it. Um, because you know, typically you're doing that at about the same time that everything else is kind of coming together. Um. A good game editor can usually is, has some experience with imagining how this plays out. They've played lots of other games. They kind of know how all of this works. And so they have a sense of whether or not they can get a grasp of it. Because ideally, your rules need to stand alone anyway. Yes, they see the board. Yes, they see the cards. But if they have to play along with your rules in order to understand them, that's a problem. Most people yeah. will read the rules first and then play the game. And so the rules do need to stand alone on, to some extent. Now, the more that you can make available to your editor to see and to understand, uh, that's absolutely going to help. But that can be screenshots, um, just so that they can sort of imagine what they're working with. I, I do it in my head. So I don't have to, like, open up the whole box. You don't have to go to the expense of mailing me the whole right. box, mm-hmm. which is often one of the big kind of barometers for, like, I've got this massive game, John. It's got a board with 85 pieces. No, don't send that to me. One, I'm going to lose the pieces, and then what are we going to do? And two, you don't want to spend that much money on media mail. So send me send me the text, send me the rules, and I will follow along and picture it in my head as I go. And when I run into a question, that's what I'll flag. It, it's not that different than RPG editing in, on the face of it. It's just it's text that needs to be made specifically clearer for a specific purpose for an unstated audience because you're never you're never really using pronouns when you write your text when you write board games. It's just you. You're talking to the general user. So it's, it got cold here all of a sudden. Um, all of a, it, it turns, um, it's just about picturing it in your head and following along. And it's a much more uh, close proximity. In an RPG, I can, I can look back and go, oh, this is chapter five. I have four chapters I can look back on and kind of go. And in fiction, you're even further back because you've got 20, 30 chapters where you're like, oh yeah, this was a setup from like 11. And I did 11 a week and a half ago. I better go reread 11. Whereas in a card or a board game, you've got like six rules, and the first five are on the page above you. Like it's not, you're much closer to it, and you're much, and it's more proactive as a player. Pick up a card, move the space. Like that's far more an intimate gesture than imagine sitting in a field of flowers. So it it makes a difference, but not such a substantial difference that it's out of left field. What's your rant? <clears throat> so I, I have had several clients who have said, oh, are you familiar with System X? No, I don't need to be familiar with System X because that's not what I'm doing here. So from a client you know, client looking for an editor, be careful about what you expect out of your editor in the way of rules. Um, 
because I, I, I got asked that question. I was like, I, no, I, I've never played that system before. I shouldn't have to play that system to understand what your what the manuscript is. Ideally, um, you don't want to. Um, right. ideal, well, right. that's what it really boils down to. I don't want to. I don't want to learn the system. I would like to get paid and do a thing for you because that's what I do and I enjoy doing it. And you you need that. You need someone to do that for you. Let's do this. And if you're but, new, you're not biased to it. Yeah, right. exactly. Because if you like, if you get somebody who's really familiar with the system, they bring all the same biases that you have when you wrote it. And so you need your editor to be this reader who is not familiar with what you have in front of you. And, and if you're trying to rely on the fact that your your readers are thinking like you, that's laziness yes. on the part of the writer. Now, the writer. there is also is. The, the, the wrinkle in this, is that when they go, are you familiar with System X? Often what they mean is not whether or not you've played the game, but can you make my stuff look like X Oof. in terms of tone? Right. So let's say there's a very popular indie game that is very profane and edgy, and it has a very specific look to it. Um, and when you read that game, you're like, oh, I totally get where this guy's going. It's very like transgressive. It's very out there. Great. When someone goes, are you familiar with this game and its many derivatives? They're not saying... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Yes, well, yes, so, I know. This this is where the mini rant came from, yes. John. Yes. So all of a sudden, it's yeah. I'm familiar with those. I do play those. You don't want me to review them. You want me to look at yours and go. I can make you sound like that. Yeah. Because the 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 unspoken bit there is that game's popular. If my game sounds like that game, maybe I'll be popular too. Which is not at all necessarily the case. You also see this in fiction. When, you, when, when someone's writing a book and you're like, I want to be like, insert famous author name here. No, you don't. You super don't. You super duper don't. You want to do your own thing. It might be in the same field, the same shelf at the bookstore, the same letter of the alphabet. It might be inspired by that style. It may be inspired style. by, but ultimately it's yours. And that's the point. Yes, if you could, you could write a book just like Famous Person Here. But you're not going to make the same money they do. Because this is your first book. This is their 57th. Did we come even close to answering your question? That's a good point. I that is a good point. I'm so sorry. Yeah, as a, as a fairly new board and card designer, we haven't sensed about to get edited yet. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to be doing self-publishing because we want to spend time designing it. Right on. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of our writing now. I, I do like uh, she's done it. I do super editing myself. Yep. It's great to have another set of eyes look through it and make sure. Can, can I do shameless plug for our friends? You can totally shameless plug. You should look. You, I will introduce you if I see him. You, you need to find Joshua Yearsley. Okay. He he is yeah. board and card game guy, editor. Yeah, he, he's, he's one. He's, he is board and card game guy. Yeah, he is. That is that is his bread and butter as an editor. Um, and you should always have another set of eyes look at it. Always, yes, always, always. absolutely. No matter how good a writer you are, no matter how much you self edit, you always want somebody else to look mm -hmm. at it. That is not just self-serving having the editor say that. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to people too. So. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, as, as an editor, if I were to write something, I'm still going to get someone, some other editor right. to edit it for me. Absolutely. Because I'm in a different mode. I'm in writing mode, not in editing mode. I'm also really biased when you say if you're doing a, something with a game, you know, rule book or a game book or whatever, you want a game editor. Yeah, because it is a yeah. different skill set. It's a related skill set, but it is a different skill set. Mm -hmm. And if you get, you know, 
person who's done a lot of traditional fiction editing, they're not actually going to be the help you need. The, the other you know, way works of, a little bit easier. It does, because, I mean, most of us are also readers, and so as a reader, you can, I think, more easily step into fiction editing. Um, but it, it is a very strange skill set to be a game editor, and it's something that comes through practice in years. Oh, it's all practice. Hi. Um, what sort of skills would you say to emphasize for editing a game? What do you mean? Uh, my background is uh, journalism. I was newspaper editor, copy editor, page layout, all that for about a decade. I'm now editing a game. Okay. What sort of things should I be looking out for? The fact that you do nonfiction is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I yeah. refer to game editing as fictional nonfiction. Because hmm. it's sure it's all made up stuff, but I'm essentially writing or editing a nonfiction book, mm-hmm. and so that that background is good. But the other thing is, you want to really see how all the rules are coming together. Mm-hmm. You need to have a sense of how this is going to play out at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, being part of the game world, which I'm assuming you are, since you're here, uh, that's going to help a lot. Okay. I'm guessing you have a lot of the skills for doing game editing based on. Experience as a gamer and journalism versus fiction. Yeah, the 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 number one skill I think is just um, understanding flow of information and structure, Mm -hmm. which you will get out of a fiction editor, but is not the thing that they're most highlighting. Mm -hmm. For an RPG, it is it is one of the more important things. Also, I just think. practice this phrase. You need more examples. You need more, yes, you need more yes. You need more examples. <laughs> Always good examples. Good examples. Um, I would I would offer one additional piece of advice. Um, buy something. I don't care what it is. Uh, I, I like appliances for this or office equipment because it has an instruction manual Ooh. that you don't need to assemble pieces. Like, don't go to IKEA mm-hmm. and buy furniture. I mean, you can, but that's not gonna that's not gonna help you here. Buy like something that has a manual. Preferably in multiple languages. Uh, a, so you can understand how multiple languages construct sentences if you really want to get like into foreign translation stuff. But also so that you understand that when someone says a sentence like, okay, now you need to set the mode to this button, turn the thing this way, and plug it into the wall, you understand the, the or, not only the order of information, yeah, but the... the, the, the um, so I want to find a layman term for this. The, not just the order of information, but the tone in which you are conveying it. Because it, it, in, in journalism, you are often conveying... You're trying to convey without bias or shade. You are just giving fact. Game editing goes a step past fact and goes into fact plus instruction. Yes. Because, yes, it's totally great to know that... I'm going to make something up. That dwarves get ten hit points. That's awesome. But I also need to know what I do with those ten hit points. And I need to know how I get those ten hit points. So it, it's, it starts as a kernel of, here's a journalistic idea I need to convey, but then it gets into instruction, tech manual writing, yeah. because now I need to know what to do with the information that you've given me, without you saying, well, I think you need to know. It's not a fake. It's a, just tell me what to do. I want to play your game. I want to do a thing. I think the other thing that both journalism and instruction manual help with, they are not just text. No. Yeah. And so it's important yeah. to remember that a game book or uh, game instructions for a card or board game, it's typically going to have visuals to go along with it. Especially and having a sense game. of what yeah, that's going to be. Um, well, sometimes you get those really tiny little words. And like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't do this. Um, but a novel is just going to be words the vast majority of the time. Mm-hmm. But a game book, 
instructions, you're going to have this whole layout thing, and you're going to want to have a sense of how that's going. Um, and that's where this very much becomes a team thing. An editor is not in a vacuum. Um, often you're the one who hands things off to layout, and so you need to have a sense of how all of this is going to fit together. Um, and that's where it can be helpful to say, okay, what, what do you kind of want? The, what do you expect this to look like? How big is this going to be? Hmm. Um, because sometimes you can't just shorten something to fit within a page frame. Like there's, yeah, yeah. but again, journalism, you've got a lot of that stuff. A lot of those lessons, I think, are going to apply. Okay. Also, fail at it. Yeah. Do it <laughs> but wrong. Not on this one. Do it no, wrong. not that one. But on other ones down the road, uh, screw up. Screw up hard. Screw just just screw up. Um, not so much on purpose because that's not it. But um, make the mistakes. Uh, I think that was my great lesson. I made really awful mistakes. Yes, I got a second chance, and I'm always going to be thankful for that. But without those mistakes, I never realized how badly I was off course. So rather than going there going, oh, I know, I don't know, I got a journalism background, I can do this. Oh, I have an English major background with a bunch of degrees. I'll be fine. No, make the mistakes. Just go in there, make a mistake. Somebody will go, well, this isn't what I want. Okay, now let's fix it. Rather than sit there and kind of beat yourself up. And you're probably it. working with a project manager or somebody who yeah, has probably. a vision for what right. things look like. Mm-hmm. and. If it ever falls on you to both have the vision and, and do the editing, you really need to talk to the person producing the thing and um, either not do that job or uh, like suggest <laughs> to them somebody who could or um, ask why, unless you're getting a stake in it yourself. It was funny, like, if you and your buddy are getting together and making a thing. Yeah, I totally understand the, two, the division of labor that way. But if you get brought on board and all of a sudden it turns out you both have to create the words... And then be responsible for how someone else wants their thing to look. Oh, that's a nightmare. That yeah, you, that's however, a separate fee. It's a, oh, it better that's be a separate. A separate oh, it's fee. a separate invoice. Yes, <laughs> um, because it just—I don't. I'm not in your head, so I don't know how you want it to look. The fact that you're going to leave it to me is not as flattering as you think. It's intimidating. Yeah. Well, anyone else have questions for Renan? Yeah, well, we got eight minutes. Yeah, eight minutes. Still yeah. Well, that's one question for you. It is. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting right here. I can hear you. You said that out loud. How does the relationship between the writer and the editor usually work? Like in terms of the back and forth, and how often do they yes communicate? It's different. Really varies. Yeah. Okay. How can we? Well, um, it depends on what we're trying to do. Like if if you're if you just give me something small, I don't need to have that many back and forth with you unless the thing is monstrously problematic. If it's just i got a 100-word blurb I have to write for the back of this thing. Can you just give us a quick look? Yeah. That's maybe, I don't know, one exchange. You yeah, send it okay. to me, I respond, done. If we're talking a novel, then I'm going to set up a scheduled time and say, we are talking at this date. We are meeting here. You will meet me in person for this. We are talking over the phone. We will set something up. And do our best to try to stick to it. And sometimes we have to add more, and sometimes we, we don't need it, so we do less. But it is always open so the, the, the author can go, hey, I'm really stuck on this thing. Do you have a minute? And sometimes, yeah, I can do it right down on the spot. And sometimes it's like, no, can you give me like two hours? I'm doing something else. But it has to be an open door. If it has to be this thing, like, it's, if it's like, going, it's like scheduling an orthodontal appointment, you're going to skip it because no one likes that stuff. If you no, to, no, it's going to take you six months to get in to see the orthodontist again. You're going to keep that right. appointment. Well, 
but in, <laughs> in this particular example... Yes, I know. Um, the idea I'm just giving you a hard time, if, John. Thank you. <laughs> if, in this, if you have to really like jump through hoops to communicate with the other person, that is one of those signs that the relationship is not mm-hmm. the best. Right. It should be easy to talk to the person, even if what you're talking about isn't easy to listen to. Yeah. So in other words, you go. You probably set up the whole, like sort of the schedule and oh yeah, like the second you. thing I do after I'm like, hi, do you want to work together? We should figure this out. The second thing we do is here's how you're going to pay me. Yeah, here, here's, here's the contract the, here's, which lays yes. out the schedule. Here is the organization by which we will communicate. Yes, and then it includes things like we're going to talk every Friday at eleven thirty, or uh, twice a month you're going to give me a phone call. And we're just going to say whatever. Or um, I'm always online, so just find me like if there's ever a problem between this hour and this hour because I'm at work and I can do that. Yeah, her, hermit authors and editors. <laughs> just, uh, email. Just email. Yeah, email. Just email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, you set it up before you before you start the work. Yeah. You 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 sign the contract. Nice. You sign the contract and then you do the work. And everything should be laid out. And if you need to change it. Then you start a conversation with, hey, I need to change the arrangement we're making for good, bad, otherwise. If it's really bad, generally the person knows it's coming. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like, hey, can we move a thing from like Tuesday to Friday? Well, Friday doesn't work for me. Can we do Thursday? Yeah, Thursday's fine. And you work it out. But it's yeah. communicative either way. But yeah, definitely do deadlines because oh, yeah. I mean, any, if you're working with a professional editor, and of course in my biasness I'm going to say that you totally should. Yes. Chances yes. are they have a bunch of editing projects, and if you don't give me a deadline, I'm going to keep pushing you off because other people gave me deadlines. You go to the I'm bottom of the pile. Period. Those. Right. Well. Right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's it's important that you stay on top of that, and that that you negotiate the deadline. This is what this looks like. This is you know this is the schedule on which is going to. Can you get this to me by this time? Actually, I can't. Can I have two more days on that? You know, but it definitely requires open communication and ideally more or less working as equals on that, valuing each other's time, valuing each other's input. Um, it's different when it's work for hire. Chances yeah. are you hand it off to an editor, you never see it again. Yeah. And if you yeah. do see it again, it's because you really messed up. Yeah, yeah. A lot that depends that. on the publisher. Do they, do, they at least, the do they at least usually notify you in that case? No. 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 Messed up and had it no. 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 A lot uh, of it just depends on project. In my experience, you just don't get hired again. Yeah, uh, pretty much. That yeah. works too. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for coming yep. to our panel. Yep. <laughs> oh, I like the next one. Clapping is nice. Yes. Sorry, we're a little late. No, no, no. It's completely fine. Uh, they just hit us with a news crew upstairs. Yeah, what was that? Oh, five like, interviews. Oh, we're on. I have cards if you want cards. I also have cards. Yeah. And availability in my schedule. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs>